Hi, my name is Pastor Meshach. Thank you for joining me as we continue working our way through the Acts of the Apostles. Today we're going to be looking at chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Uh, this is a passage that talks about the arrival of the Holy Spirit in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. So if you'd like to read it for yourself, and I encourage you to do so, please press pause and uh, open up your Bible and then read it and then resume once you're done. I just want to highlight... Um, about three things, three three little uh, nuggets with uh, uh, some words around them um, as we look at this text. First is the quality of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of teaching in many churches on the Holy Spirit. So uh, the Spirit is really foreign to, to Christians, indeed to Christians who have been Christians for a long time. So what is the Holy Spirit? Well, from this passage, we learn a lot by how the Spirit makes uh, his entry into the room. It says that there is a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. A sound. So if it were an actual mighty rushing wind, what would have happened in the upper room? Chaos, right? I mean, there would have been stuff flying all over the place, especially if it's a mighty rushing wind, a gale force wind. And then it says that the spirit descended uh, as, a, as if it were a tongue of fire and then divided and settled upon the 120 people who were in the upper room. So we have a sound of a mighty rushing wind and we have fire. The spirit comes to us as a spiritual reality that is personal, but is immensely powerful, immensely uh, energetic with the capacity to bring about a bunch of change, but it's also controlled. It's not reckless, it's not chaotic. But the spirit can unleash its power and unleash its potential uh, in and through whomever uh, he wants to in, in whatever ways he wants to. So that's the first thing that we need to realize. The spirit that we're receiving may be a spirit of gentleness and peace and love, but it's immensely powerful. It has the power to affect the kind of change in our lives and through our lives uh, that the spirit wants to. The second thing I want to, to highlight is the necessity of cooperation. Just because the spirit is powerful doesn't mean that the spirit's going to do it all alone, right? But we need to cooperate. On that day in the upper room, it says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. So this, they received the spirit, but they had to do something. They had to open their mouths and begin speaking the things that the spirit was giving them to say. If they would have held their mouths closed, the spirit wouldn't have been the spirit would have. He wouldn't have overcome their free will and wrenched their mouths wide open and, and made them begin testifying to the truth of the gospel because God will never overcome our free will. But we have to willingly cooperate with the work of God, with the work of the spirit. And that's true in this case. One of the great problems today is that um, many Christians don't know how to cooperate uh, with the Holy Spirit. They don't know how to release the power of the Holy Spirit. They've received the Spirit, but they don't know how to utilize it. And so we live powerless lives. It reminds me of a story of a, a homeless man that he, he died. And um, upon his death, they discovered that he had an immense amount of wealth um, that was given to him in the form of a trust by a relative. And the guy's friend said, you know, he, he didn't know. If he would have known, obviously, he would have had a different kind of life, but he didn't know. And so since he didn't know, he was reduced to sleeping on the streets. A tragic story. And I think in many ways, that's the experience of many Christians. 
We've received the spirit. The spirit, the same spirit as the Bible said that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of us, but we don't know how to activate. We don't know how to live in harmony with that spirit. So the power of the spirit uh, can be manifested through our actions as we bear witness uh, for Christ. So we need to learn how to do that. We need to learn how to cooperate with the spirit. That's the only way that the spirit can work through us is through our willful cooperation. The third thing is death to self. If you're going to live a spirit filled life, then you have to die to yourself daily. You can't just do it once and say, I, I, I died to myself four years ago. No, the self is, uh, I heard one preacher say, um, uh, you know, that passage in Romans 12, when Paul says, present your body as a living sacrifice. I heard one preacher said, the problem with that is your body crawls off of the altar every single day. And so every single day you have to present it there as a living sacrifice. You have to die to yourself. And we see that in this passage appearing in a way that many people probably wouldn't pick up on. But it says um, in verse later on in the second half uh, that as they were speaking, uh, people began to say, um, these people, they began to mock them and say, these people are filled with new wine. In other words, they're saying um, they're drunk. These people are getting, they're getting lit early in the morning, you know? Now, what does this have to do with dying to self? Well, listen, suppose that you were in the upper room and you saw your friends outside and you saw what the spirit was doing in some of your uh, some of your uh, your colleagues around you. Right. And you saw your friends and you, you started feeling embarrassed. And so you didn't speak. You didn't act. You know what I mean? What you're paying more attention to is your reputation and your appearance in front of others. If we're going to be used by the spirit, then we have to die to reputation. We have to die to people pleasing. We have to die to all those things because the spirit may lead us to do things that go against human respectability so that God can be glorified. And this and I'm not just, you know, of course, we've seen the uh, some of you have been from a background, a Pentecostal background where people get slain in the spirit or people do a bunch of strange things. That may be the case, but I'm not necessarily just talking about those. I'm talking about anything. I'll share a quick story about a time I had to um, die to self. I had been really studying on prayer, specifically healing prayer. And I remember I was in a restaurant in Wyoming, a half day cafe, and there's a waitress there who um, she kept on apologizing to me because her back was hurting. And as she said that, man, I, I heard the spirit saying to me, pray for her. And so, you know, I'm a pastor, you know, I'm a pastor. You guys think that I'm comfortable with all this stuff. But the whole time I'm having like this argument in my head, like I'm not going to I'm not going to pray for her in public. You know, it'd be different if I was in the church setting. But, you know, I'm not going to pray for her. I'm certainly not going to lay hands on her. And so I, I paid and left as I'm walking down the street. I hear the spirit say, go back. It was one of the most clear things. I didn't hear it audibly, but within my spirit, I heard the spirit commanding me, go back. And so I went back and the waitress is looking like, did, did you forget something? And I just said to her, um, listen, um, do you mind if I pray for you? I, you know, your, your back is hurting and blah, blah, blah. And so she said, yes, I prayed a brief prayer. She was so grateful. So in my mind, I had made up this whole scenario where I'd look like a fool. I'd be embarrassed, you know, all this stuff that didn't happen. What happened was gratitude. But I had to die to myself 
die to my fear of how I'd look in front of other people and become obedient to the spirit so that the spirit could use me to extend prayer to this lady. And, you know, from that day forward, me and this uh, waitress, we had a wonderful relationship where we got to talk about faith and talk about uh, the role of Christ in her life. So death to self is going to be really important. To be used by the spirit, we must die to self. We must get beyond um, human dignity and human respectability and, and having that as a priority. You know, our, a friend of mine told me a few years ago, dignity is not one of the fruits of the spirit. So if the Holy Spirit leads you in ways that don't seem undignified, then let the spirit lead you in those ways. And finally, you know, I just wanted to say the same spirit is available for you today. The same spirit is available for you today. That same force, personal force, is still available for you today to enable you to bear witness to Jesus. Not necessarily to repeat the upper room. We don't need a repeat of what happened in the upper room. But the spirit wants to use you, use your own personality, use your gifts and your talents to bear witness to Christ in a unique way that is specific to you. And so I, I want to close by just saying a prayer for those who, have, who haven't received and for those who have received, but you don't know how to walk in the spirit. Uh, so let's pray and then, I'll, then this will be the end of the devotion. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks. Um, first of all, for the people who made it to this part of the video, I give you thanks. You know exactly where they are and what they need from you, Lord. I pray, God, that you would search their hearts. And if they desire to be filled with your Holy Spirit, then I pray that you would come to them meet their request and fill them up with your spirit of power and grace and truth. I pray for those who have received but don't know how to walk in the spirit. Would you teach them, lead them to somebody that can help them, uh, that can show them in scripture and show them by experience how to begin taking the faithful steps to let the spirit take control of their lives and then bear witness. Let there be power uh, that testifies to them and others that the actions that they're taking are not actions alone, but they're spirit-empowered actions. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey guys, thank you so much for watching. This is a bit on the longer side, but I, I do uh, thank you uh, for watching. And we'll be back tomorrow to look at Peter's sermon. So if you want to read that in advance, uh, it's, second P it's uh, uh, Acts chapter 2, beginning with verses 14. Oh man, this is a long one, all the way through 41. I may break it up into segments, but study the sermon anyways, and then we'll see uh, what portion we're doing tomorrow. All right, until then, peace, guys.